She is an incredible TV host. She's a journalist. She's written books. She's done stage shows. She's done documentaries in Africa. She's my mentor and my very dear friend. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Gretel Kaleen. I don't want to be your mentor. Are we framing this as a standing ovation? I'm... This woman is here. And, and for everybody watching, I'm, I have low energy today because we've been doing shows down in Adelaide. So I haven't slept for a couple of nights and I'm a bit scared of your energy. Don't be frightened of my I'm energy. I'm trying to build, bring yours down to mine, to a chilled. No, well, it depends what you put in this water. So have you been partying the last few days? Did you have like a rap party after your fringe well, you, festival? You know, you do gigs and, mm. and I'm in a band with it. So it's not just me doing stand-up. I perform mm. with a band called the Gretzkys. What? And then, so you do a gig and then you have drinks with the people you went with and yeah. we all stay in the same Bed. Airbnb, you oh, know, the band good. does. So then we've got to break it down, you know, the mm. whole night. Okay. So then, you know, you go to bed at 1.30 or whatever it is mm. and then we had to get up early to fly back to Sydney today. And what are your songs about? Well, the whole show has been about love. Mm. It's the Love Love Club. Mm -hmm. And um, we were a bit limited by lack of talent. I didn't think we had such a lack of talent. But Is this the first time you've ever been in a band? No, I was in a band which was also not very talented. Mm. Uh, and we used to have to change the name of the band after every gig mm. because we were so shit that people wouldn't come <laughs> if we kept them there. I used um, to be in a band called Polish. How was Back it? Back in the 90s. And all these Polish people started showing up to see us play. And they asked for a refund, which was only five bucks because we charged yeah. fuck all. That was a lot. Places where I was and playing. was it like a Polish turd? Well, we, we just thought we were a polished act. But yeah, I know, oh. I know what you're saying. You can only polish a turd so much. It's what, what kind of music did you do? Uh, it was uh, pop punk. Really? And here's a little bit of it right now. I'm so glad you said that. It gives me the first opportunity to ever play my band. Well, just sing a bit of it for us. Uh, which song would you like? Would you like... Uh, do we have a guitar? No, 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 no. Let's not stretch this moment. Uh, there's songs, like beautiful love songs, like um, Aliens Cut Off My Cock. Uh, it's My Car, You Can't Have It, It's Not Insured. Uh, nice. You'll Go Blind, which is yeah. too much. Uh, Remove My Rib, which is about all the people around the world who've had a rib taken out so they can yeah. look after themselves. But enough about me. Let's talk about your band. Did you have, did you have <laughs> singing thought, lessons? No, no. There was no need. I was just like, <laughs> I could just sing. Were you rapping more than no, Was no. it slam poetry with music? No. What why, was it? Why, just, why would you even suggest that? <laughs> I haven't seen it. I'm trying to figure it out. No, it turns out I can sing. Like, Give us some. I, I, well, as you can hear from my some. voice, I can't necessarily. We do, we do a prayer. That's quite fun. We do a sex bomb version of Sex Bomb, yeah. but really slow, kind of indie version sex of that. Sex Bomb, Sex Bomb. Is that it? No. Not really, and that would put many people yeah. off that sacred like contraceptive, not, the way you sang that. Yeah. yeah. What's the prayer? What are you doing in prayer? Your prayer, you the well, remember I do, I'm a comedy person, oh, so yeah. with prayer is a Celine Dion song, but there's a bit of an oh. opera bit where... Pavarotti or someone or other comes in so we do that we play around with it I think it's really important to push what you think you're capable of doing just keep pushing it and in our, there's no there are no rules people love us singing yeah. we get people to sing along because I think they're kind of surprised that I um, some people know I do comedy but others know I'm a writer or host TV or whatever mm. but I'm also a, a political commentator and mm. social and political commentator mm. and I just think it's really great to be able to get up on stage and 
and say, you know what, in this, in the arts, there's no right or wrong. Mm. Give it a go. Give it's it healthy to express it. Mm. And everybody has, has a hoot. And, of course, their lives are changed for the better mm. because they're made very brave and bold. I do just need to explain to anyone watching this that my level of exhaustion means I'm seated in a strange position mm. because I'm being lazy and I'm holding the mic like you're right, you're a little the first puppy. You're the person that's ever been on this show. It's only had a few guests that has actually decided to sit back like, I might try that. It's just so is, much is more relaxing. Yeah, you rested on the edge. I just worry that we're shaking the microphone. If you're listening to this as a podcast, Gretel is uh, just sitting back in the chair. No, I'm a professional. She's she's got the microphone sort of aiming up at her face, and, and it's resting on the armrest, and I'm holding it with my elbow. She's so you might you know might not herself. be able to do all those things at once. That's good. You're, you're looking good. So, so it, you mentioned that you're a political commentator. Do you enjoy doing that? I enjoy having opinions. Hmm. I don't enjoy having speaking about things that I know nothing about. Mm. So I try to find, because that's just silly, that just adds to the volume. Mm. But I do think we live in a society where people give themselves the excuse not to think. Do you think that people give an opinion based on feeling rather than facts sometimes, but based on something they might have heard on the radio or the television rather than finding out the facts for themselves? So do you mean feeling or, I mean, you mean ignorance? Yeah, I guess you could call it that. I think we give ourselves the excuse that we're so busy and I think it's ridiculous because I don't think we're busier than any generations have ever been over however many years Homo sapiens have been on the, on the planet. I think we're just egotistical and I think, I think that is why we end up with really shit leaders because people don't bother to think or analyse. Think so, for themselves. Well, just to think for themselves, you know, to actually have a perspective. And now, of course, we have situations, as we all know, where you have input that, that mirrors what you already think anyway mm. with, with that whole silo effect. Yeah, the whole Facebook thing. Yeah, so what, what we do, I really like to shake things up. When we did... Mm. Um, don't know if you ever saw the series I, I was acting in and Casey yeah, the, Anning the did Minister it. for Men. Minister for Men. I love that. What, what happened with that? Is that coming back? No, it's not coming back. But love the really it. interesting thing about that was it was talking about a political situation whereby a woman is the Minister for Men. Yeah. Because, of course, Tony Abbott was the Minister for Women, which is just ludicrous. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it's the power of comedy, yeah. you know, to actually make a difference. And we're seeing that all around the world. So many mm. of the... The really great minds are comedians. Yeah, and they are. Like Joe Rogan. I mean, his his podcast. He's a great comedian, and, and he's there talking about you know all the all the issues that are going around at the moment and yeah, getting up on his pedestal. Yeah. And he's a really intelligent guy because you know, comedians are deep thinkers. Well, I think a lot of TV, like primetime TV hosts, doing it too, and they've got amazing writers. Yeah. So I think they're copying a bit of flack about that though sometimes like Jimmy Kimmel people saying, "Oh, how come Jimmy Kimmel can be political and controversial?" Because he's been a comedian his whole life. He should be allowed to occasionally be controversial and say his opinion and show there's a little bit more substance to him. Yeah, I mean you ha- you have to be pretty clever to be hosting a show like that yeah. anyway. But he can do what he wants. It's his show. Mm. But a lot of people are still doing it. Jimmy Kimmel doesn't necessarily do it with humor. But a lot of other hosts, you know, even Samantha B, who's a great, she's she's got a great team and bang, 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 great commentary and great research and and that's the way. If you make it entertaining, mm. people want to listen. You make, yeah. I and mean, they, they get the point a little bit more absolutely than, than, than hearing some boring journalist drone on about 
some political stance. But if someone's made a comedic point about it, then they can sort of understand it and and form an opinion or do yeah. some research, form an opinion. Yeah, I was listening to uh, quite a few of our political um, reps talking. God, they're boring. Like, get some bloody talking <laughs> lessons. Well, learn, learn how to say something interesting and be interesting and light and shade and, and a bit of a gag. They play them just banging so on dull. in Parliament for hours and hours. Well, no, this is even in a Vox Pop out in the street, you know, in an improvised press conference. And they'll have some, who are those people who stand behind them and just nod as though yeah. great profundity is being the expressed. It's just, you know, we're, we're capable of more than this. That's, I, we're that's, not stupid. I think yeah. a lot of politicians think we're dumb. Well, I think, I think, why not be a great orator? I'm just going to lift this up here now because mm-hmm. my energy is coming uh, back. If you're listening to this and not watching, Gretel is lifting the microphone. I'm lifting the microphone. And putting it on the desk. She's now tilting it forward yes. to her mouth. Well, not, you know, to, this, to the side like that. You know what I hate about the way politicians speak is... They never answer a question directly. They say yes or no. It's always like, well, my constituents and I, and they just sort of baffle on for a while yeah. and then give you some roundabout medium sitting on the fence answer because they don't want to piss anyone off. Well, Much like television nowadays. Yeah, television can be a little yeah. bit banal. Um, not so much television, but opinions. But there are some wonderful people out there in Australian political commentary as well. It's so well informed. Who's your I, I really like Insiders, actually. Oh, I've watched Insiders. Oh, it's great. It's on Sunday mornings mm-hmm. at 9 o'clock on the television and then it's also I'm on the asleep. radio. It's also on the radio later. Oh, okay, cool. And, uh, and they're just highly... They're all political journos mm. and they're highly in tune with what's going on. Largely, they live in Canberra, so they're, mm. they're embedded in that kind of world. And I like that because, you know, we have our areas of expertise. Mm. Mine, mine is people, not mm. policy. Yeah. Mine's how do we feel about this and what are we capable of doing? So anyway, really, when we're singing our, or when I'm doing the live shows in any capacity, it's all about let's push our boundaries and see what we're all capable of doing, mm. like just being bloody braver. And aiming a bit higher, I think somehow this weird um, mundanity has entered so many people's lives. They just get up, they go to work, they're bored. What are you doing? And they're such boring people. They become boring. And how are you when you're talking to really boring people? I feel car sick. I can't deal with it. How do you cope? Um, I just tell them things that aren't true and watch them believe me and find that really amusing. Would you you ever be a politician? No. No, I wouldn't. It's a very thankless job and everyone's having it a go at you from left, right and centre. Do you think Oprah's going to run? I, I doubt it. Do you think she'd do all right if she did? Yeah, what a, she's a smart woman. She's been so, um, I want to say prescient. She's been so ahead of her time but able to sense what was around the corner. Mm. I think she's amazing, but perhaps she is a sign that Sometimes bigger things can be done outside the actual political yeah. framework. Mm. She's a very influential person. Would you go into politics? Uh, no. No, my stepdad was a federal politician for about 30 years. Wow. He, and what did you think of that lifestyle? Um, it was very thankless job he had. Uh, very difficult, but a lot, lot of long hours and always people having a go at you. I mean, you've got half the people hate you and half the people love yeah. you. I don't think Oprah would be able to handle that. Because that's instantly what it would turn into. Oh, she's a, she'd already be familiar with that, I would think. Yeah. 
you know, well, that wouldn't be that bad right now, but if she became a politician, she'd have to deal with a lot of, lot of skeletons had come out of the closet. There would, no, I don't think. They'd, she's Sticking been a high-profile figure. Harvey Weinstein's ear or whatever. <laughs> no. I mean, when you've been a high-profile figure for that long, mm. which is a very, very long time, there would be nothing in the closet to come out, yeah. I'd be pretty sure. Um, and also, she's a high-profile African-American woman. She yeah. would have been the target of so much... So much crap. Crap, yeah. I, I, it would be seamless. It's simply whether she wants to do it or not. You mentioned doing things outside of politics to achieve more. Uh, you made a documentary in Africa about, I think it was uh, kids uh, AIDS. AIDS orphans, yeah. They all, yeah. Children in Zambia and they'd lost their parents to AIDS and sometimes it was parents and aunts and uncles and um, their own siblings. Sometimes it was, there was quite a few years ago my son and daughter came with me I think it's Epiphany int- and Zeke. Yeah, I think it's interesting when you've got um, experiences like we've had where people might know your name or recognise you. Mm. It can open up really interesting experiences, can't it, where yeah. you end up travelling around the world doing a doc. But it also, you, you have to have that knack to know when to say no mm. and when to say yes. And also... What do you mean, to doing those kind of things? Not just that, but anything that comes into our lives... Mm. Sometimes amazing opportunities land on your doorstep. Yeah. And sometimes you really have to be savvy and, and mm. see an opportunity which is at the time just a little sliver of light. Mm. You know, others might not recognise it as an opportunity. Yeah. And it's a, you've got to be ready to pitch you know, 10 things and half, half of one of them ever happens. Mm. Was that life-changing going to Zambia and seeing how the other half live and well, seeing the, what they're going through over there? Well, I've been involved. I was a UNICEF ambassador for seven yeah. years. Mm. And I've done um, various other projects for different organisations around the world. And I'd always travelled to developing countries. So, no, it, it was – all of it is incremental. But it's not like I had only ever travelled to Paris and London and, and yeah. all of a sudden went there. I, I was familiar with that. But the intimacy – and that's the thing with the kind of travel I do. It allows you to actually get into people's mm. lives, not just be – visiting the Taj Mahal or whatever mm. one is visiting you you're in people's homes mm. you're eating with them you're cooking chasing the chicken that gets killed you and and experiencing it absolutely intimately and that's the kind of that's what I like doing what's your favorite place in the world you travel to well Antarctica is amazing yeah wow cool yeah I I love that trip I was um Abercrombie and Kent sent me there as a I was doing some travel writing oh, for wow. them. Oh wow, awesome! And it was oh, so splendid. Just like another planet. Oh, incredible! And so sad that it's going, but the wildlife is—is is it going though? Oh, what you're questioning? Is, well, no, I I never used to question it. I just believed everything I saw on CNN. But uh, a, a good mate of mine who's the political editor of the Australian, no, no, used to be political editor, now is the environmental reporter. He lives in Mexico, travels the world, does environmental stories. And I said, what the fuck's going on? Is Antarctica shrinking? Is it growing? He said, you can't get a straight opinion from any scientists because they are all like, oh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But they, they won't come straight down the line and say, this is the way it is. Uh, it, it could be shrinking and it, you know, it could be the, the way that the, the planet's being treated by mankind at the moment. But you, because of the cycles of the planet, you, you can't put your finger on it. Like maybe it's going to grow back. I think, I mean, when I was there, yes, you could certainly see huge mountains of ice mm. 
cracking and tumbling, but I've also been to other areas which were previously ice mountain lakes or fjords or whatever else, and they've gone. Mm. And you know what? I I don't think it really matters uh, what language you want to use around it. Is mm. it climate change or isn't it? I think we pollute this planet, we and do, I think yeah. that's wrong. Just look at the oceans and some of the, yeah. so some whether of the stories you, that are going around about how bad the oceans are all over the world. And yeah, but I'm but I'm also that's true. But I'm also talking about you know it's all unnecessary putting mm. these pollutants into the air, into the water, yeah. into wherever we are. I mean, that's what we're talking about. That's what climate change is about yeah. it's it's really about polluting yeah. and the consequences mm. of that yeah. so whether or not you such a silly thing people going on about do you believe and yeah. doesn't matter, doesn't matter. Yeah, stop right. polluting just yeah. stop doing it yeah, and the world will be to, a better place <laughs> figure out a way to put less crap into the sky yeah so the that, air's cleaner because the argument should really be yeah. not do you believe in climate change or don't you but do you believe that this these pollutants should go into the water that mm. then be, is fed to these people. Mm. Do you believe that this should go into the air that we then breathe? And that's not even a belief system. That's a sheer how, bloody how, logic. How do we step back from this industrial age that we're in at the moment? Like, do we just have to put more money into nuclear power, solar power? Because solar's not working out. I've got solar panels on my roof in Queensland at my place and it's, it's not made any difference to the power bill. You know, well, for most people, it does. Maybe you haven't connected yeah, them maybe to it's something. My electricity companies. Yeah, a lot of people. Surprised. I think renewables are the way to go. Absolutely, yeah. and um, I think it's amazing what people can achieve when they're up against it. You yeah. know, when they really have to. Hmm. Yeah. What about so, nuclear power? What do you think of that? I'm not a big fan, just because of the. Um, I, I, I'm, that's why I like renewables because they're mm. they're so little that you have to dispose of afterwards. Mm. And well, why don't we just put it back in the ground where it came from? It's because it's radioactive when it's down there. I don't understand why they don't just go, okay, we used it, here's the waste, back where it was. Um, I think it's a little bit more complicated than yeah. that because well, other I'm, things I'm have been added to it. Yeah. But what? So what's your big passion nowadays? My big passion is, uh, well, charity-wise, I'm working with the Charlie Teo Foundation yep. and raising money because Charlie just started this organisation. Uh, he's uh, one of Australia's, if not one of the world's best neurosurgeons. Yeah. And it's the biggest killer of people under 40 in this country. And it's... Brain way, cancer. Yeah. It's way underfunded. They need money for research and... They just got a huge amount of government funding. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Glad yep. I had you on the show. Well, I'm not working for Charlie Teo now that you've said that. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm I, don't mean, I don't mean Charlie Teo in particular, but um, it's been amazing, the Brain recognition. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And so, you, and what, what else are your passions? Because we haven't um, seen each other for a long yeah, time. Yeah, well, I'm, um, I'm driving a, a car from London to Mongolia in a couple of months. It's, uh, it's called the Mongol Rally. And one of the rules is you've got to drive a car that's less than a litre, like a really small shitbox. So we've got this red Toyota Yaris. We'll put it up on the screen because we my mate's in London at the moment. He's already bought it. And we're going to drive 15,000 kilometres from London to Mongolia. How much time do they give you? You can do it in two weeks or you can do it in a month and a bit. Or We're going to go on about a month. And, a bit, and do you get sponsored along the way? Uh, yeah, we're, we're trying to pull in a few sponsors. There's a, a couple of people who have, um, have thrown us a bit of money. We had a fundraiser the other night at the Bucket List in Bondi. And, was it great? Uh, a whole heap of people came down and supported us. Uh, Charles Billich came down, auction, auctioned off a couple of paintings. He's an in incredible Australian painter. But is it a fundraiser for what? Charlie Teo. 
Oh, so that is so for we chose, him as well. So we, cho- we chose our um, our charity, and it was Charlie because I mean, you know, Marcella Zamanik and uh, Stan Zamanik died from brain cancer. He's a radio announcer, <clears throat> part of me in Sydney, uh, and uh, Marcella and Stan used to babysit me when I was a kid. And my mates who I'm going on this trip across from London to Mongolia, across Europe, uh, we've got a mutual friend who recently died of brain cancer. And my mate Sam, who's doing the drive with us as well when he was young, his brother died of brain cancer. And there's a few other stories that have just the planets have aligned. And I hosted another fundraiser about six months back in Brisbane, a, a friend's family member had a kid with brain cancer. I thought, I just got to try and do something to raise money, raise awareness. And I think probably raising awareness is is really important in some cases, more so than just what we can do for money-wise, because the government needs to kick in a lot more money for research if it's killing that many people. And a lot of people um, who who get diagnosed with brain cancer, they the doctors, surgeons say, no, sorry, we we can't, it's it's too far gone. But Charlie Teo is one of the only people who will actually have a crack at it pretty smart guy but other than that working at the commonwealth games and you know whatever wherever the next big show's happening the odd uh, mc gig maybe a uh, an album coming out soon it's a uh, yes to I'm, tell I'm recording an album in in london and it's an iron maiden cover album but it's in polka music and how so how do you do that with the rights if it's iron maiden do you know oh they'll approve it yeah yeah we, we just talked to the uh talk to the publishers and and sort out a deal it's actually a guy from billy ray cyrus's band by the name of brandon friesen great who, who's got a recording studio in la and we came up with this idea yesterday when we were drunk and we've decided we're going to do it but this is just you just I turned the whole interview thing around and just thrown it at me like i've got to no, figure out what, I... what I'm, where i'm going and what uh-huh. i'm doing because what's well, very hot in here um isn't, it isn't it? It? Should we... Don't take your clothes off because you've done new stuff before. I haven't, and it will be revolting. Uh, I don't think so. Hey, um, so you've got a book out at the moment. I've. You've got. You've written like what? How many? Twenty books. Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight books. Yeah, some of them are bestsellers, which is nice. Yeah, well done. This is one I wrote myself. It's about. um, It's. It's when you begin, you think it's a fable for children, but then it gets more and more intense. It's a. It's It is a fable, but it's. It's about standing up and having an opinion. It's about being different and celebrating difference, really. So, because my basic premise is uh, that there are so many people, what am I saying? That human beings, we're all different and there's kind of a reason for that. In the whole world, there's different species, everything mm. plays a role and human beings have that too. We all have a function to play by expressing who we actually are. Mm. And at the moment in our society, we just hear one really loud, booming voice telling us what we should buy. What we should do. What we should do. That's usually my voice on a commercial. It's like your voice oh, on yours. a commercial. <laughs> or, you know, the politicians telling yeah. it and, and creating this, way, this notion, own this, own this, own this. And I just think other voices help to balance that and you know i when i think about this ridiculous kind of trip along we're going to what how how have have so many people in the world suddenly become entangled with possibilities of conflict with russia or with north korea north korea Mm. when everybody's just majority people are just wanting to lead their their own joyful lives and love the people that they love Mm. so it's celebrating differences People, different people of different culture. Uh, uh, it's it's to encourage people in particular. But I wrote it during the same sex um, 
marriage equality debate, but it's also it's about creativity. It's about it's about just standing up, taking the time to bloody express who you are. Because mm. also, I think not doing that is just an absolute toxin, mm. and we see that with people all around us. So it's not an easy thing to do. But that's what this story is, and I published it myself, which I'd never done before. And oh, it's wow, called cool. the zebra who lost its spots. Yeah, and we will show a picture of it here. You'll put it in between my hands oh, like that's that. Oh, that's an amazing book. Look at the cover. Look at that, which it, I designed. It's so bright. Well, it, yes, and it's not you, actually bright, but you're did imagining. Did you paint that cover? Yes, that in a way. Amazing. It's so so we'll, we'll imagine the book is there. It's it blue is. and white stripes, Your and it's called The Zebra. It. There it is, The Zebra Who Lost Its Spots. And uh, people can get that from my website, actually. Cool, gretelkaleen.com.au. Gretelkaleen.com.au. And I'm really proud of it, and we're going to turn that Great. into a live show as well. Oh, really good. Which I think will be fabulous. Yeah, cool. If you need anyone to be in The Zebra outfit, let me know. Thank you. You could have that up on stage. That's unreal. Have you got a zebra outfit? Uh, no, but I can get one. Can you? I've got a lion outfit. And cool. Because of the Sydney Kings mascot. And I used to be the mascot for the Manly Sea Eagles, so I think that qualifies Have you got a Sea Eagle to, outfit? Um, no, but I can get it back because someone else is doing it now. I'm not doing it anymore. How often did you dry clean it? Uh, not very often. Mm. But it used to get really hot in there because you got like thick padding like, yeah. around this bird suit. And so you'd be in your underpants, basically, you know, running around Brookvale Oval. Gross. Cheering on your team. And there's something invigorating about being practically naked in front of 10,000 people and them screaming, yay, but is go it eagle the seagull. Is it practically naked? I mean, yeah, just as many layers on. Yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, still. You just felt nude. I, I felt nude because it's got the, the big gap around the suit. Oh, I see. But once um, someone ripped my beak off because I was only 15. Oh, I was thinking and, when you were a lion and I thought, why did you no, have no, a no, beak? The, no, sorry, the seagull, not the lion. But someone ripped my beak off. That's harsh. And, and it was really embarrassing because everyone see who I was and my face was just sticking out like this. And I'm like, come back with my fucking beak. Hey, wait. And because and, they're all kids from school who ripped my beak off. And kid the year above me is going, I've got Goldman's beak. I've got Goldman's beak. I'm wrestling with this guy trying to get my beak back. Did you get and, it back? Yeah, and punched him in the face as well. And, oh, don't encourage violence. Yeah, no, I put, you know, but he used to beat me up at school anyway, so I thought it was fair. And he couldn't hurt me because I was inside this bird suit. How old were thick, you during this? 14 or 15. Oh, okay. So really? fighting's all right when you're that old. Probably really? even younger, probably about 13 actually. Or was it very recently? Do you think that I'd do that kind of a job now? Come on, Gretel, Colleen. Yes. This is, this, okay, maybe I would. What's one of the weirdest jobs you've ever done over the years? Um, when I was about 14, I used to restring tennis rackets. Really? Yeah. And wow. my friend and I used to sell, at, when we were about 13, herb and flower mats at the train station, which were like, they looked like squares of carpet, but when you watered them, plants grew out. We used to tell them that other things grew in it, but it didn't. It was just <laughs> herbs or flowers. We used to make quite a bit of money out of that. Oh, cool. And weird other gigs. I don't know. I mean, everything we do is kind of weird, isn't it? When mm. you're doing a comedy gig or when you're doing an MC gig, there's always something weird going on. It's mm. smoke and mirrors that our audience doesn't know how bizarre the backstage story is, don't you reckon? There's some crazy stuff that happens backstage in television, in, you know, behind the scenes at radio stations even, stage shows. Are you planning on um, getting back more, even more into television? Um, well, I've got this show going and it's getting a really good following and maybe I won't need to be in TV. I think TV's kind of dying. Yeah, it's interesting, I think it's always going to be it? there, but 
And you're only going to look at the ratings over the last 10 years and they're just on a slippery slope. So you're going to do more and more online stuff. Yeah. Get it absolutely. out there, man. Why let all the YouTuber kids have all the fun? Why can't yeah. I get in there and have a crack? When you're having a crack but right hey, now. But hey, I'm not saying that I'd knock back a game show, 7 out of 10, if you're watching right now. You'd be very good at that. Yeah, that'd be good fun. I'd love to do something like that. What about you? What's next on the cards? Well, um, well, we I have a company. We produce live shows. I really love that. I love mm. the power of that. And I'm thinking that I might uh, start exploring this kind of medium. But mm. so we could see the Guadalcanal show. On yeah, there. we might. But then I think it, it's so easy though to sit in your lounge room from your phone. You can flick it to the TV, and all of a sudden you're watching the show. Or Alexa, you can go, "Hey Alexa, play the Guadalcanal podcast," and it'll be yeah. bang. It's playing it there. But for do you, you think there the are morning. so many voices out there with podcasts and? Do you think it, That's no it gets saturated? That's no reason to not do it, though, well, just because there's so many other people doing it. I don't think that there's anyone like you on the planet, and you've got a lot of fans who would love to hear you do something every week. And I think it's really important, if you are going to do something, you've just got to be consistent and do it every single week so people get used to listening to it, and they you yeah. know, become it becomes a habit for them. Yeah. Well, we love our Josh, Josh mm. Wade. He is yeah, a great Josh, advocate of, of this. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Josh Wade has started a uh, a network of promote uh, with another guy called Sam Lindell, who who you met, uh, and they're um, they're they're promoting uh, comedy tours. Uh, they're also uh, doing this this whole podcast TV you, show network. You got to be so um, bold and all this, don't yeah. you? You know, but so you can't do it all yourself. No, you can't. Do like it I've got Frankie yourself. over here. Frankie's Frankie. amazing. Frank, Frankie's shooting and, and helping, you know, Vision switch it all. And those guys Frankie's texting out, someone over there. What are you right. doing, Frankie? He, I, I know, he's texting. I think he's writing down what, what everything that we're... He's got in charge of the hand side. Yeah, he's, he's getting legal <laughs> advice on all the stuff you're <laughs> like, saying. He's actually going through um, job offers online looking for his next gig. Yeah, he's texting the police, help. So what was it like being a, uh, a single mum, you know, bringing up two kids... And, for, you know, for a while there, you're on the front page of the paper every single week where you're hosting, you know, national primetime TV show, the number one rating show in Australia. Was that, was that tough back then? Because people would be so critical of you back in, in the early 2000s or of anyone on television that was hosting a primetime show. How did you handle that? You know, it's so long ago. I, I don't know. You just, I think you either have a personality where you go, oh, my God, and freak out or you mm. just get on with it. Mm. Those things are hard. I'm a really big advocate of people talking about how hard things are. I I was talking recently, I I saw uh, David Letterman interviewing George Clooney, Mm. and George Clooney just sounded like, I would imagine he has very challenging things in his life, but he sounded like he went from blessed situation to blessed situation to blessed, and I thought, what's anyone going to learn from this Mm. other than they have nothing in common with you? Which I think, just to get back to Oprah, is part of the reason for her success, that she shares her struggle times mm. and, and her realisation. So, Can you believe, just back on the George Clooney thing, he started a tequila company with his buddy. I know. Three years later, gets a billion dollars. I but, know. You know. He does get travel around the world, you know, trying to get African nations leaders to give back the money that they stole from their people. And, you know, when he was a kid, his dad, who was a TV presenter, used to take him at Christmas time with his sister's to go and clean people's houses just to show how the other half lived. And he's, he's always been involved in charity in a big way. So yeah. he says. And no, he seems like a very I good person. It. But it was just, 
I think there's just so much of our society, you know, even mm. with your people's social media presence. Mm. Oh, look how perfect this is. Oh, no, there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no... A lot no. of the time people are putting out a persona. Oh, it's just and, rubbish. And probably a lot of kids out there, they think that persona is real and they think because yep. I don't have that, my life is ruined. I, you know, well, we know that the level of depression has gone up since all yeah. of this social media has come in. And that so that's why when you say what was it like mm. uh, doing something like that, it was hard. And mm. that's why I say, you know, what's it like? You've got to be able to see opportunities yeah. or whatever when we talk about careers. You really do, don't you? You've got it. There's no way this, what we do is easy. Yeah. And there's no way most people's lives are easy. And that's what our leaders should be saying. They should be mm. telling people, you know what? We get up, our goal is to be happy and with the people we love and to look after them, mm. have a roof over our head, eat nice food, be happy. How are we going to do that? You know, Malcolm that's Fraser the priority. Once famously said, life wasn't meant to be easy. Yeah. It is tough. And I think the people who actually have a good story and they, they say how they came from nothing and they worked really hard of it and, and, and got somewhere, like, you know, Will Smith and The Rock, I mean, they're, they're doing a lot of video blogging online at the moment talking about their childhood. I mean, The Rock's talking about how he, you know, got arrested a few times when he was a kid. I was just watching in an Uber on the way here and, uh, how he had a mentor at school was his coach took him under the wing and he started playing football and I think people people telling stories about their lives Agreed. rather than posting a photo of them next to a Ferrari they're probably least yeah not all it, the glam the truth because yeah. then then we help each other because we go you know what I I had a hard time and the thing I did during that hard time was this mm. I was having a chat with a taxi driver about that recently it was yeah. from Pakistan just talking about how do you stop worrying in the middle of the night now that's just so much bigger connection than someone yeah. telling you. Oh man, I just bought another house. Oh, who yeah. cares, you don't, boring don't turd? Clips your wings, just rent. <laughs> you can't go anywhere if you buy a house. Houses, house prices are ridiculous in Sydney. Well, it's, but that's really interesting too, isn't it? The um, the whole mobile existence and yeah. how do you do that? Mm. And that's what all this information does. It give it teaches it gives us access to stuff that will teach us about opportunities and mm. yeah so life gets bigger and bigger and so you're doing this how do you stop thinking in the middle of the night what did you tell your taxi driver well look there are several things but that one was about tequila? um well <laughs> just so many people are worried you know mm. I, t- I think tequila might help people worry mm. in the middle of the night when you have a drink before you go to bed it tends to make people worry a bit for mm. some reason mm. i don't know why i wasn't endorsing it i was just being a dick but no no uh, i know but i you know, there are things. Sometimes people eat a banana. Yeah. I was just... I, I think your brain gets hungry and it needs something to do. Your mm. brain, not... And and so you have to learn how to give your brain something else to do. Mm. I, I've taught myself... Well, actually, I didn't... I, I learned from someone how to shut my brain off and stop thinking and clear my mind. Uh, it was a guy by the name of Lee Nelson. Yeah, and what do you do? And he won the Aussie Millions at poker. He won a million dollars. Yeah. And he would meditate. Oh, because you hosted that, didn't you? Yeah, I hosted you? a celebrity poker show with him. Uh, I can say this now, it's years later, but they rang me up and said, hey, do you play poker? We've got a poker TV show for you to host. I'm like, yeah, shit, yeah, snap. Fabulous. <laughs> Which is not a poker thing. Uh, well, it could be. <laughs> when you put the cards down. Poker, not, polka, yeah. you're really covering oh, the letter P. I, I love the polka stuff. Yeah. yeah. So and what happened? What so did he say? He, um, he said when he's sitting at the table, he showed, he showed me his little trick that he uses when he wants to go to sleep as well and clear his mind and stop thinking things. He says, speak mind and I will listen. And it's basically, you're tricking yourself into looking at your thoughts and you're watching your thoughts. Yeah. And you just, you realize that your thoughts are sometimes utterly ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I think the Dalai Lama calls it the monkey brain. 
Yeah. You know, because your brain's just going, most of the time it's just sugar because all your, yeah. your meat yeah. and muscle and everything in your head yeah. is just is just creating these strange thoughts that are going all over the shop, which sometimes can be really creative, interesting things. Yeah. But when you don't want them there, you need to be able to turn them off. So lying there over and over again saying, not out loud, just in your head, speak mind and I will listen. It just clears your brain and it's it's been amazing. So you just say that. You don't actually visualize what you're thinking. Just you could, and you focus on your breathing as well. So a mantra that helps, yeah. I do that. Um, well, the modification I've done. I don't know if this is actually it because I don't remember the actual one. But you breathe in for four, hold for seven, breathe out for eight. Right. When you can't sleep, and it's miraculous how you sometimes you really have to push your thoughts away. Yeah. But you know these are things. Australia has the second highest mm. depression use of antidepressants in the world. Really? Well, I was I reading that, that recently. Yeah, Who knows? Wow. I have suddenly been overtaken. Well, but that's we not don't head good. In that direction and start taking all the drugs like a, you know Americans do because you, you know you get all those commercial breaks. Every single commercial break in the states is about some sort of, some form of drug that people. Well, are our, our our antidepressant usage is higher than this. What per capita? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, that's so what I was that. reading recently. So. Wow. So that's why it doesn't make sense. But that's why, you know, with your mm. podcast, mm. which is fabulous, thank you for having me on, mm. I think it's just really great to tell people, you know, the ups and downs of what you do and how hard it is and where you, you know, get resilience. I, I um, was talking to uh, a, a mate of mine the other day. He's putting together an album with a whole heap of Australian rock stars. I don't, I don't think he wants to announce it yet, so I won't say his name or what it is. But uh, in the entertainment industry... The uh, suicide rate's really high. Yeah. Because people have these incredible highs and then they're like, oh shit, what do I do now? Yeah. It's all over. And, you know, yeah. we've lost so many incredible people along the way because of that depression. Yeah. And it's really hard too because in this industry, and so many people aspire to be artists and be creatives now. Yeah. There's no ladder. You don't work really hard and then you get promoted and then you yeah. get promoted. You can be hosting the most amazing television show mm. in the country and for that very reason, you're unemployable. Yeah. As soon as you lose it. So, yeah. oh, no, that's interesting. I'll yeah. look forward to hearing about that. Did you find that over the years because you uh, hosted a show or you worked on a show, someone says, oh, you can't do this now? I think I think there's just, there's generally... Getting pigeonholed. A, well, I think there's kind of a mathematical equation that as long as you're in the primary spotlight, hmm. it's kind of as long as you'll be out of it as well. It's, you know, nothing comes free yeah. in life. You pay a price for everything. But that's actually can be good too. Now, this is a pretty exciting adventure, but you have to be a lot braver and stronger mm. than our wussy leaders would have us imagine. You actually yeah. have to find people around you who can encourage you, not yeah. pull you down. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if it's two people. It doesn't mm. have to be 50,000 friends. Who, who do you rely on for positive words? I have one friend who uh, who's a vault, and I kind of tell her everything. Mm. And then I don't have to tell anyone else and I don't have to... Robbie? No. Nice. Robbie... Robbie Moore? No, you mean Joey? Joe Moore, sorry. Um, Joe Moore. Yeah, Joey knows a lot. Yeah. yeah. Who I know from voiceovers. What about, what about you? your voiceover friend? The one that you made the movie with? Oh, he's, that's a lovely impression of him. He's a lovely Robbie man Robbie McGregor. What well, about you? Who do you talk the to? The best voiceover guy in the country. My dad, Grant, my mum, Erica, my girlfriend, Bianca... Brian, who's sitting here with us right now. Hello, Brian. Yeah, he doesn't say a lot. No. He's a good listener. GretelColleen.com.au and your uh, Instagram, Facebook, They're Twitter. all Gretel Colleen. Um, and 
Facebook is Gretel Colleen Official. And also, I'd love everybody to come and see our shows. Come and see the comedy. Come and see the band. It's Gretel Colleen and the Gretzkys. You come along too. Yeah, I'd love to. And I want to can, see you sing. Yeah, well, maybe you can get up and sing something too. It's just joyful. But, but can be a bit hard on the ears every now and then, but giving it a go, living the life. Having a crack, why not? Yeah, I think that's the fun thing to do. I look forward to seeing it. Thanks, man. Greta Colleen, you are a dead set legend. You're a national treasure. Thank you for being on the mic. Thank you for having me here. Oh, and speaking of which, I have a present for you. Oh, good. Where is it? Everybody who comes on an episode of On the Mic receives this special gift. What is it? So these are little suction cups. Yes. And that sucks on the back of your iPhone. Yes. And, uh, and the little thing comes out of the bottom, you can charge it. Charge wow. It. And it says on the front, Mike charges a lot, but he's so worth it. Oh, you're such a corny man. And so if anyone else would like one of those, I've got five to give away right now. All you've got to do is share this episode on your Facebook page and write, oh my God, Mike this, Gretel that, whatever. You can bag us or say something nice or whatever you want to do. No, just, just share it. And the nice first five things. people to do it will score for themselves these, uh, these charges. Thank you very much to... Uh, my friends from Let, out there branding. Let's hope it works. Oh, I'm sure it'll work. They're great. It's got a little ring on the back so you can, you can hold it like it's a ring. Oh, my daughter has that on her phone cover. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Now you have it. How trendy are you? Hello. You just need a phone. That's all. Do you? Yeah. You, you can just pretend me? to have a phone. I, I love it. Thanks very cool. much. It's all about you, isn't it, Mike Goldman? All about you. It's all about the promo, baby. Gotta get it out there. Thanks well, for watching. You're very good. Thanks for having me here. Thank you for being on the show.